Hi, welcome to What Are the Tax Implications? I'm Ron Scott. I'm Jeff Rosenthal. We are your first call tax advocates here once again to help increase your financial and tax knowledge. Today on What Are the Tax Implications? We'll be hearing from some callers about not being able to pay their tax liability by the due date. What are the tax implications? Additionally, I received a letter from the IRS and I don't understand it. And lastly, a small business owner or an independent consultant calls and says, why do I have to pay estimated taxes when I'm willing to pay all that I owe on April 15th? Whether you're the CEO of your household or of your business, questions constantly arise regarding the tax consequences of your financial circumstance. First Call Tax Advocates is always here to answer your questions and offer educational background regarding the potential tax implications of your action. Ron and Jeff are your first responders. They are board certified financial and tax professionals with over 60 years of experience. Please visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more about them, explore their resources, and leave a review of your experience. For more urgent matters, please call them toll free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. The topics and responses discussed here are intended for general education. Our discussions are not intended to give you advice on your specific situation. We would advise you to seek advice from a competent and licensed professional. Tax law is always evolving and our discussions are based on the law existing to date. Hey Jeff. Hey Ron. How you doing today? Just another day in the sunshine. Welcome to May, May 1st, 2020. Our first caller, Paul from Poughkeepsie asked us, if I can't pay my tax liability by the due date, what are the tax implications? Paul, I wish to tell you that you're not alone. Uh, a lot of people do, and it's going to be even worse with the pandemic. And the government will be open to most reasonable ways. So they actually expect you to try and get that money on your own. Borrow it from a credit card or from an advance at a bank or from a family member. Those sound like options uh, that Paul may have already exhausted if he's challenged with income now. The, the opportunity to take money from his uh, qualified plan we'll be discussing in an upcoming session. But Jeff, if he doesn't pay, what, what's the problem? What, what, he just owes the money. Are there any ramifications, any consequences? Yeah, there's definitely ramifications and consequences. The government expects full pay. So if they don't get it, there are penalties. There is interest on that money and um, an increasing level of impatience. So if I take my time in paying them back, I mean, how bad can it get? Well, 
as I said, there's interest and penalties, but it's like a taxi stuck in traffic. The meter is still running and the amount you owe, unfortunately, is increasing while your problems really didn't change. You're still not in a position to, to pay them and your debt is now not getting smaller. It's getting bigger, just like a credit card. Yeah, well, I, I certainly don't want to owe to the IRS because I've heard that maybe bad things can happen. We'll cover those bad things, Paul, in a future session. But the key thing to remember is communication, response, right? So important to the IRS. And Jeff, may Paul receive something in the mail? If you don't pay, um, usually 45 days later, they will send you a bill telling you that you owe money and uh, you have a number of options. You can correspond with them. You could go to a professional. You can ignore it. That last one, you should never, never, never do. Do not ignore government letters. So to recap, you have a tax liability that you cannot pay by the due date. Well, if you don't have the earned income or the savings, you could use debt. You can use a credit card. You could borrow money from a friend or family. You could go to the bank and possibly get a personal loan or potentially borrow against your qualified plan. We'll talk about the ramifications of doing just that. Do not ignore any letters from the IRS. And we'll be talking about that in an upcoming episode. Jeff, um, it would be it would be great if we could leave Paul with maybe some sense of, hey, buddy, you know, hang in there. You know, what 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 wise words can we leave, Paul? Well, there are always options. Um, and just to compound that a little bit, if you live in a state that has taxation, if you owe money to the federal government, there's a good chance you'll owe money to the state. And they have similar, but not necessarily the same rules. But they have they have programs available to you for other options. So, But they do expect you to try and come up with a payment arrangement on your own first. And lastly, Paul, if this is the first time that you've ever missed paying on time, you may get a first-time abatement, something we'll talk about in a future session. Good luck, Paul. Joaquin from Santa Fe calls and had listened to the issue with Paul from Poughkeepsie. And Joaquin didn't pay his tax liability last year on time. And he didn't do anything. What kind of letter did Joaquin receive, Jeff? Well, Joaquin, you probably got a bill, a collection letter, uh, could be called an assessment, where they would document, they would formally get you into the system and document that you owe X number of dollars. The the letter that Joaquin states was basically a bill. The bill says you owe us this money. Absolutely. And and he did say there was a penalty and interest and well we re we talked about that and we discussed Paul from Poughkeepsie's question. But Jeff, that's just one letter that Joaquin you know received. If he does nothing, what other letters may he get? Oh boy. Uh, well, the kind of letters that you could get in general, 
or collection assessment letters. You owe money plus interest and penalties. You got a letter regarding a math error. You couldn't add one and one. Uh, you have unreported income, or at least they determined that there's income that you didn't properly report. Um, there are penalty letters. There are more information letters. We got your tax return. We need more information. And then there's the serious letters. Okay, we sent your previous letters in the past, and somehow or another you didn't comply, and we're going to take more advanced action against you. More advanced action, Jeff. So I know that there are some taxpayers that receive these letters. Um, I believe just about all of them come certified mail. Is that true? The more advanced ones first come non-certified, non-registered, and then it steps up and steps up as they get more serious. By the time they're coming certified or registered, um, number one, you shouldn't have ignored all the ones in the previous to that. But yes, it is now very serious and you need to take serious action or or hire somebody to assist you in taking more serious action. Joaquin has now divulged that he received a few of those those letters that had the green thing wrapped around it, the certified letter, uh, return receipt. And he ignored a few of them and then he received a letter, Jeff, that said, intent to levy. What are the tax implications? Well, as I said earlier, and we'll say it over and over again, the worst thing you could do is ignore the letters. They just won't go away without some kind of response. And the government basically needs to hear from you in some way. Uh, you could, not recommended, but you could call them and give them a story. You wouldn't be the first person. You won't be the last. But if that story isn't in a format that they would generally find useful for resolution, useful for getting to a solution, you're wasting your time, energy, and effort. They've heard every story imaginable. Joaquin is concerned that he's not answered these letters. He's a little frustrated, and he wants to call the IRS and just say, look, I'm sorry. And what do I owe? I'll, I'll, I'll try to pay. But it, once it gets too far, there are additional processes that, you know, the, the IRS is going to ask you to go through. There will be hearings. Uh, there could be additional documents that need to be filed. That's beyond the scope of this session, but we will be sure to talk about them in upcoming sessions. So, Jeff, um, are there any other letters that the IRS may send, is, do they ever send any good news? <laughs> well, actually they do. So uh, this is not so true for the states, but definitely true for the federal government. If they realized, for example, that uh, the tax return you submitted um, had omitted a payment that you actually made, they will send you a letter that they made a correction and that they're refunding you additional money. Well, you know what? That's a good way to close this segment. Again, Joaquin, best of luck to you. Remember, the First Call Tax Advocates, Ron and Jeff, are your first responders. Board certified professionals, over 60 years of experience. Visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com 
That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more, explore, and leave a review. For more urgent matters, call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. And for you subscribers, we offer a complimentary consultation to discuss your tax matter. Babette from Babylon calls with an excellent question about estimated taxes. Babette is a small business owner. And, well, she's a sole proprietor. And her question is, if I have to pay, why why do I have to pay estimated taxes? This doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going to pay the full liability in April. What are the tax implications? Babette, you have no idea how many people ask the exact same question. Well, let me just tell you that if you were earning wages, the government would get their Uh, payments regularly in the same format that you receive yours. So if you receive them weekly, monthly, semi-monthly or whatever, your employer would pay the government money. Now that you are self-employed, the government does not want to wait until the end of the year. They want you to estimate, to pay in advance, put a down payment down, put a deposit down, whatever words you want to attach to that of what your payments should be. And for sanity, we usually try and make those payments equal. Whatever I owe for the full year, divide by four, I'll make quarterly payments. They don't have to be equal. And Babette, if I may add, if your income is consistent, then you can plan in advance based on the vouchers that you receive to pay, and you could probably work uh, work it out within your budget to make those payments. But you know, Jeff, sometimes the small business owner may have inconsistency in their income and inconsistency in some of their other expenses, right? What uh, what might they want to do in that case? Indeed. Well, you know, first of all, if you understand that your income is either up or down, uh, these payments, these advance payments are called estimated. You can adjust your payment accordingly, make it lower, make it higher to take that into account. That that sounds like that sounds like a lot of work. I mean, really, do I have to? have to continually analyze my income and expenses. I mean, if I just want to pay it on April 15th, um, are there any tax implications? Well, of course there are. Uh, So because you didn't give the government their payments in the format that they expected it, that they want it, uh, they want to charge you penalties for not complying. So some people don't care. They don't want to pay the estimated taxes. They'll be happy to pay the penalties. Other people say, why should I give the government one penny more than they're otherwise entitled to? You decide. And remember, during these uh, these unique, challenging times with so many, so many relief initiatives from the federal government um, and coupled with some states, I believe all of them, but... Uh, regarding estimated taxes for 2020, Jeff, is there a uh, is there a 
a unique relief opportunity for people regarding estimated taxes in 2020? Indeed, there is. So the normal schedule is April, June, September, and January of the following year. What they have done for the uh, April and June payments is they've pushed those back to July 15th. So you're going to pay the first and second quarter in a single payment, July 15th. And then the third payment would be due September 15th and the fourth payment, the last one due by January 15th, 2021. That is correct, assuming that they don't have any additional delays. And there could be an increase in tax liability if the estimated taxes are not paid in the amounts that are supposed to be paid by these due dates. Is that correct? That is correct. Unfortunately, the penalties are written into the law uh, and there are available mitigation for it, but not a lot. Okay, well, Babette, um, you have the option. You can do the work managing your income and expenses. If you have inconsistent income, figure out what your, um, what your income is, your net income is, and pay the estimated taxes by the due dates. And then you probably will not have too much to worry about regarding estimated taxes when you file your return. Or you could say, you know what? I don't care what the penalty is. I don't have the money. I don't want to spend time figuring out what my liability might be, and I'll pay it all on April 15th. It's up to you. Best of luck to you, Babette. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You probably have additional questions, don't you? We are your first call. Remember, everyone's situation is unique, but we should be your first call. We are your first responders. The 911 operator doesn't call you. Please call us toll free at 833-568-8999. Again, 833-568-8999. And visit our website at firstcalltaxadvocates.com. We'd love to know what you've learned today. So please leave a review on our website. We have attempted to appeal to a broad audience, but we want to help everyone if we can. In our next episode, we'll be talking to a small business owner who's got uh, significant losses this year already. And he wants to know, what are the tax implications if I have large business losses? Additionally, we have a caller who received one of those IRS letters that were serious, the intent to levy letter. We're going to talk about representation in front of the IRS when there's an intent to levy situation. And lastly, we have a caller who has been laid off, can't pay their bills, but has significant money in their qualified plan. What are the tax implications if they withdraw money from their 401k?